It's a five-star podcast. Because we do it. What's real? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the What's Real podcast. This is episode 182. I am your host, Ed Demko, along with my co-host, co-conspirator, co-contributor, and my co-tag team championship partner in podcasting, the J himself, Jerry Bajoris. What's going on, the J? Go! Go! My annual turkey impression. Hey, yeah. We're officially in November here on the What's Real podcast as we celebrate from month to month. We're in the, the stretch of big holidays here. We wrapped up. Halloween, even though we're going to conclude the segment, as you will explain, the big one of 31 days, see how we did our annual uh, wrap-up segment for that. But I'm getting primed for what has become an adulthood. Hey, Ed, my favorite holiday, Thanksgiving, because we just get a day off, relax with good people and family, watch football, eat good food, lay around. Loving that as an adult, I could tell you that. But as always, the Jay is as pumped as a turkey leg. This week, hey, all the innuendo going into November here, but I'm as pumped as ever for 182 of the What's Real. Let's do the damn thing. That's right. We got a fun show this week. Of course, we're going to be wrapping up the NFL from last week, including our predictions uh, from last week, uh, predictions for next week. Uh, we're going to talk some Steelers football and, of course, our weekly power rankings. And, of course, as the J already alluded to, we are going to be wrapping up our 31 days of Halloween. Let's see what the final tallies are for the holiday. How many movies did me and the J get in uh, during the month? Uh, so we'll, we will conclude that as well. And, of course, as usual, we're going to be talking some goofs. So let's just get into it. The J, uh, Halloween is over, as you kind of already mentioned. So we're moving here into November. Uh uh, how did you wrap up that the Halloween season? How was it for you? Dude, I, I felt bad because just the way everything worked out as we speak, Halloween was was last night and I have uh, two younger kids, you know, 12 and, and 10. So this, this is still a big holiday for them and they're dressing up. Even though my daughter misses last minute, my wife and I have been asking her for like a month what she's going to be for Halloween and basically just decided – like a day before Halloween, which she wanted to do, which ironically was Bob Ross, the painter. I don't even know where that came from, uh, but God bless my wife. Cause uh, you know, even though I'm like known as the creative among the two of us, because of the independent film stuff and everything else, my wife has a damn good artistic side too. And she kind of threw my daughter's costume together last minute. Very well, um, you know, glued on a beard and shit. I, I sent you the pics. Hey, they, they, they did pretty good. This Hilarious. Year. My, my, my son, the 10 year old is, uh, his new tradition of dressing up as iconic horror icons is, as he was Chucky last year, you know, dyed his hair red. He, he looked pretty good as Chucky last year. And this year he was Billy, which is the uh, infamous puppet from Saw with his little tricycle and the, the white face with like the red spiral and everything. So pretty, pretty cool stuff. But my whole point to the rant is that personally I was just tuckered out and I, like, I apologize to my wife and kids. I'm like, I am just not in the Halloween mood. You know, I basically, I didn't even get personal pictures of them. My wife took all the pictures, got them ready. And then she went with a friend, you know, one of my son's friend's mothers with some libations and, and roamed the streets with the kids as they trick or treated. And your boy stayed back and just watched some horror movies. So I'm not going to complain, but it was a solid Halloween 2023 in the Bajoras household. So how, how'd you do? Hey, did you give out some candy or anything like that? 
No, I just kind of worked and had some other shit to do. And yeah, you don't get a lot of kids in your neighborhood either, do you? No, no, we don't. Because uh, I, I found that so. out the hard way uh, a couple of years ago. So that yeah, you like buy all kinds of shit, and then yeah, comes. and then it's, yeah, yeah, then you're stuck with 15 pounds of candy for the remainder. So uh, that tried to avoid that. It, dude, it was really weird because I did a bunch of stuff this month uh, and a lot of fun Halloween related shit and everything else, but. Like that kind of died off for me. Like the last, you know, like the weekend leading into Halloween, I really didn't do much. Like I had some things I had to do, but like as far as fun stuff, I really didn't do anything. I kind of took it easy. Like a lot of friends had different plans and things like that. So like I just kind of hung out, you know, like didn't really go crazy. So, you know. It is what it is. It kind of ended on a whatever note, but I was able to get in a bunch of movies. So like, that's always fun. And you guys, Um, you with your girl, you did the the pumpkin patch thing and stuff like that this year. Yeah, we did stuff like that. Uh, Went to, I started the month off at Cinema Wasteland. So that's a whole other aspect to it and shit. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's weird timing with a lot of stuff too. Cause you know how that goes. Like you can try and do everything under the sun if you want to, but you're only going to get to do so much stuff. So it's not always the easiest thing to do, uh, especially too, because uh, like, man, the last few months have gone by like in the blink of an eye. Like, I feel like it was just summer and it's November, which is crazy. So, you know, it, it was fine. Like I was able to get in some watches and watched a few things that I meant to get to. So that was actually good for once. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's kind of it hasn't really hit me yet, but like I start getting that bummer stage because like Halloween, like a lot of people don't look at Halloween as like a big holiday, but like we're horror fans. So when that gets celebrated the whole month, it's kind of cool because it's like a whole month of a holiday that you like. Uh like Thanksgiving's not like that. It's just in a few weeks it'll be here and then you eat and take it easy and shit, and then it's time to start the fucking bullheaded rush to Christmas. Right. It's like specifically uh, just the day. Yes. Yeah. And it's like it, that. the cool thing about Halloween is it there's like a whole month surrounding it, essentially, uh, where there's stuff that I like to do. I mean, Christmas is kind of like that, but I just don't like doing most of that shit. Yeah. And it gets all hectic, too, when you're going out. And especially if you add in the, as we always talk about, our our infamous weather here on the What's Real oh, podcast. Yeah, but, yeah but as if we it woke is, up this morning with snow on the ground. Yeah, there was a light, gone, light dust but, today. That, that was apropos for the day after Halloween to have a nice little snow drift on your car. But yeah, it wasn't too bad. But but yeah, the point is, it's like if it's nasty to boot closer to Christmas and there's a million people out and then you get all the, you know, typical Halloween, holiday stress bullshit, you know. One, two, around here, you don't really get used to the cold and shit until like next year because with November and December here, it gets cold, but like there's also days where it's like 55 degrees. Like, so it's, it, it's too wonky. So you can't really get used to anything. And then in January and February, it just gets cold as fuck here. It sucks. But you know, it's it, the end of the we- the year is always really weird for some reason here. Like not, it makes life weird. Like the weather and everything, you know what I mean? Like, you just find yourself in a bunch of weird, precarious things over the course of two months, three months because of weather. 
I mean, you got to deal with it, man. We we were saying last week, kind of making fun of ourselves. That we like bring it up on on a freaking podcast. We're trying to be entertaining, but uh, again, that's human life, and, and it's your environment, and it and it does have a lot of effect on your everyday. So I think that's why, like, when we're just shooting the shit, that comes up a lot, you know. Especially like you said, right now, where it's kind of in the middle of of kind of changing to getting a lot colder. You know, you're getting the the little bit of a, a snow dust coming in and. And we're staring those winter months right in the face. And, and it is what it is. You know, that's what we have to deal with on an everyday basis living in the Northeast. So it's part of our life and it's something to, you know, kind of bring up when we're bullshitting. So I think that's what comes with it. Cause I don't know if you could tell from my voice, but, you know, it's getting my sinuses going. I, I know before we were talking, when we were prepping, you were saying you've been blowing your nose like crazy. I've been blowing my nose all yeah. fucking day. Brutal. It's just, it comes with the territory this time of year, you know, like, Everything comes in waves and it's weird how you kind of like forget about it because of like, you know, the la- like summer, summer and then fall kind of comes and goes real quick and then you get into the winter. But like even besides that, like I like the fun shit that comes with it. Like, you know, like when summer hits, it's like break up the fucking sneakers. There's concerts going on like it's the summer. You know, there's you, you might go golfing. You might go to amusement parks. You might go to a baseball game. You might go to the drive in. You might, you know, it's it's summer. And there's not a lot of that shit like this time of year, but I do like a lot of the shit. Like for some reason, it seems like we all get together more towards the holidays and shit, probably because people have more time off and there's just more reasons to get together. Uh, or like I'm just doing other kind of shit that only pertains to the season, which is kind of cool. Uh, but, you know, this is really the last hurrah, though, because generally like once the new year hits, it's like you don't want to leave the house around here for a while. Like at least until spring. Yeah, when old man winter rears his ugly head. And, that and, and like sucks. you said, that's that's the biggest thing. There's just not as many options of things to do out and about. If you are busy with work, it just kinda you know makes you want to just stay in anyway. So it is what it is. Hey, you know, you just you just roll with the punches. But but other than that, like on an entertaining um basis. I, I did have a really busy month with a bunch of stuff and you know we're we're gearing up to do a, a bunch of projects soon and things like that. And typically these kind of months leading into the new year and everything like that, you know, talking specifically about our independent film production company and things, this is the time period where we start to get things in order to hopefully go into a production in the spring and summer. So uh, somebody that works hand in hand with us here on the What's Real podcast our wizard behind the boards himself, Cam, uh, just actually got back. We were, we were talking about on the podcast here and there when when we mentioned Cam and brought up his name that he was working on a independent film project in the upper Pacific Northwest in Oregon. And he just recently got back from that. And I had mentioned to you briefly that I had talked to him for a while today about that experience. So yeah. I just wanted to bring that up on the show because I'm hoping that with with Cam working with us here on the show and with Churchill Pictures that we work hand in hand soon on a couple of projects that we will be talking about on the show. So I kind of wanted to throw that seed out here as we're bullshitting too. But Cam said he had a great experience. Uh, it's it's with a producer, uh, shout out to Jeff Whitehead that works with the George A. Romero Foundation here in Pittsburgh. So uh, we'll have announcements for that because there's also a short film that Cam and I both worked on uh, with with your friend, hey, at Lori Cardill, uh, oh, yeah. that that he mentioned uh, on an update there uh, in the final stages of sound. So that's what they've been working nice. on the last couple months. You know how that goes, man. It's it's all glitz and glamour when you see the pictures of the premieres and everything, but 
you know how the grudge, you know, the grunge work is and, and the grittiness of, of editing and post-production. And that's kind of what's delayed that project. Cause I brought that up a couple times on the show and, and it's still in post. And, and right now they're finalizing the sound. Uh, but that's a project that we did hand in hand with the George Romero Pro, uh, foundation, which is a short film. Uh, but they'll, they'll be promoting that. And we'll be promoting that. But uh, just while we're shooting the shit, just wanted to throw that out there too, with one of our team members, the wizard behind the boards, Cam, making some moves in the independent film world. Yeah, and oddly enough, so am I. Uh, I finished shooting. Uh, it's an independent movie. That's right. Tales from the Gross Side. Yeah, Drunken and, uh, Yinzers. Yeah, and our buddy Tim Gross uh, wrote and put together uh, with Dan Boyd and a couple other friends and, and stuff like that. And I'm going to be shooting something else next year uh, that they're working on. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. So I got a lot of like, like you were saying, like pre-production shit that I have to do for that. Like, just yeah, that's where we're my at. own shit that I got to put together. And hopefully next year, I don't, it might be pushing it kind of at this point, uh, but there's something else that I want to work on next year. It's, it's I'd like to direct something and I have something in mind, uh, but it's it, it's kind of pushing it. I'm thinking for next year. So we'll see. Just depends on how that works out. But like, that's something that I have a lot of legwork to do for it, but like, I'd really like to make it. It's something that's like kind of important to me. Uh, I hope to make it at some point eventually anyway, uh, regardless of when it is. But um, but yeah, that's definitely a goal of mine next is to direct something. And it always always comes down to those two initials. Hey, Ed, T and M time and money. Yeah, of course. And it's, you know, I figure anyway, like I don't know how you feel about this kind of stuff but like i'm definitely the type of person that if i'm directing something i also am gonna like operate the camera you want to be hands-on yeah that's just my mindset with directing like i'm gonna be in charge of everything visually 100 that's just you know kind of how i'd want to do everything um but that's also a hell of a lot more work and i also want to get a little i want to shoot more stuff and get a little bit more shit under my belt before i start making anything so uh but yeah, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm still in the practice stages of everything, uh, which is fine. You know what I mean? Like a lot of that shit, it's like I'm looking forward to doing the work because the work's going to kind of train me as we go along. So I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that stuff and, you know, I'll be right there with all you guys doing the same kind of shit eventually. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's fun. It's just uh, it's difficult, though. You know how that goes. It's all process, man. But yeah, hopefully we'll while I'm. While I'm trying to write stuff in the meanwhile. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's like, what I'm Jesus doing. Christ. I'm in the process of just so much juggling, which I always do. You know that I always joke that when people that might, might not know me ask me what I do for a living or whatever, making conversation, what's your occupation? I always joke that I'm a juggler, constant juggling act with, with all the different shit that um, I get into and am fortunate enough to have the opportunity to do. And as they say, man, do it while you can, because uh, that's a whole other thing that we bring up on the show all the time is aging ourselves and we're not getting any younger. So take it, take advantage while you can, you know, you get one shot at life and, and we're living it up, man, you know, projects, podcasts, everything else in between. We're having some fun, which brings up a, another topic that, you know, we mentioned it's not the end of the world if, if we don't have any discussion points on it, but a big topic for the what's real podcast in our four season history, of course, is professional wrestling and we haven't had much to, to talk about recently because the WWE is full steam ahead on their next Saudi Arabian show, which Hey Ed doesn't partake in, nope. um, which I don't blame you. But you know, for those uh, unaware, it's 
WWE's crown jewel, which, uh, as we speak, will be the weekend of November 3rd and the 4th, uh, the coming weekend when we when we drop on Friday. Uh, so, you know, not too much to discuss there. And AEW's full gear is a couple weeks away, but we'll, we'll be getting in some professional wrestling talk. But one thing I didn't talk to you about uh, privately at all, so I figured it just kind of jumped in my head shooting the shit once again to say, uh, we didn't discuss the big collision match where AEW champion MJF defended the longest title reign against the former holder of the longest title reign, Kenny Omega, on TV. Did did you catch that match? I did catch that match, actually, now that you bring it up. Yeah, um, really solid. Yeah. Kind of out of nowhere. I think, you know, this kind of goes hand in hand where, where Tony Khan is as the owner and, and basically lead, well, not basically, as the lead booker in AEW, where I think it's catching up to him. All these, you know, talk about, I was talking about my own opportunities. He had a lot of opportunities with the rise of AEW come up with, with extra TV time and introducing the Saturday night show with Collision not ridiculously long ago to go on with his Wednesday show Dynamite and the Friday show Rampage, I think is catching up to him with how much content that he has to put together. And, and I, you know, I know it correlated with the title run of MJF surpassing Kenny Omega's, but nonetheless, that was kind of shoehorned in there where they kind of just, you know, sidetracked MJF's current storyline with the, you know, Jay White stuff to, to just throw this huge match that, that never even happened. You know, I'm always talking about those fresh matches on big pay-per-views, and then you kind of throw this kind of match on a Saturday. But again, as a fan, it is what it is, and you sit back and enjoy it. And it was a pretty good main event. Yeah, I mean, the match was okay. It just, I don't know. For, like kind of forced, said, it, right? Yeah, I just, that's what I didn't like about it. It didn't, they both worked as kind of baby face in the match. And it's like, it's fine. But that's not the type of main events I want to see in AEW. They don't. WWE's kind of proved that they can do that sort of thing well, like the babyface versus babyface storyline and shit. Uh, AEW hasn't, and that's just kind of proof to me that like I don't really know if they knew how to do that because it it came off like they didn't, and the match came off lesser than, and that kind of hurts both guys. Like I don't think that match got either one of those guys over anymore. So it's kind of goofy that they did it. Right. And that's kind of why I thought it was worth a, a little bit of discussion a few minutes here on the show, uh, because I thought that was kind of a really big match and really unique situation to kind of just throw that together as they did. Because I, I know online with, within professional wrestling, social media, specifically on X, where a bunch of wrestling fans and AEW fans were talking about how good the hype video was that they had for, for MJF versus Kenny Omega, which it was solid. But again, this really puts under a magnifying glass one of the biggest issues, at least I can talk for you and I because we discussed it on the show, that AEW has and Tony Khan specifically is the, the, the difference with WWE where they're just not building up the proper storylines. They're not giving matches the levity they need. And again, this was a prime example to just Dude. say, okay, here's our story. Kenny Omega is the longest reigning AEW champion. MJF's coming up on that date. Let's just throw this together and try to pop a rating for Saturday night. I don't know how familiar you are currently with the roster that uh, TNA has or Impact has. Not really because we've brought it up. I don't have that particular channel. I think they're on Access. Yeah. My yep. cable 
uh, company doesn't have that. So I don't follow impact all, all that much, if at all. So you're probably not going to be shocked when I tell you that AEW's roster is fucking 50 times better. Right. That's surprising to you at all? No. Okay. But it's probably impact, 50 times more expensive, too. It, true. But, dude, Impact has a better weekly show than Dynamite or Collision. Because it's probably because of storylines and creative. It's it's very cohesive storylines. Yeah. It's They follow up on them every week. Uh, they give you good matches on the show. Um They'll have like a, you know something that starts at the beginning of the show and just runs through the show. Um, they'll have somebody. They'll bring somebody back. So like you'll be like, oh fuck, Rhino, that's crazy. Okay, cool. Like Rhino's here now. Like they'll do shit like that. Like it's a very involved wrestling show every week. Like there's not a it, it, there's not a single segment that's a waste of time. It's everything has to do with something. And it's just very cohesive. It just, I say that to people a lot. Like, I probably enjoy Impact more weekly than I do any of the other wrestling shows because it's not that the wrestling's better. It's just a better cohesive show with good matches. And that's fine. And that's what you like, need in professional wrestling. You need all those varying components to come together. That's, that's the yes. attraction to me of wrestling being the quote-unquote sports entertainment you know, form of entertainment that it is. Absolutely. Like you got to do that shit to make stuff matter, to make me want to watch every week, to make me want to pay attention and things like that. But like AEW is not doing a good job with that. And I don't particularly think the WWE is right now either. Like they have some things, but you know, two angles on a show isn't enough to be like, Oh, they're killing it. Like, cause they're not, no, I'm gonna really, I'm gonna be interested in the in the aftermath of the crown jewel that we pre fermented yeah, and yep. and the build up to Survivor Series that will be interesting because there's a lot of rumors and and you know armchair booking on what they can do if they do decide to do war games again and, and the factions involved in that or, or the talent involved in that specifically so there's some stuff that WWE can do but I, I think that's what's catching up to AEW is that AEW was the alternative, you know, like we always said, it's like the American version of a Japanese product where like, you know, the in-ring is more athletic based and everything, but AEW kind of got away with that. It kind of started doing with what TNA did back in the day with trying to be WWE and becoming WWE light in certain aspects. And then on top of that, the really good in-ring action has been going like that's been the mo of AEW for all this time and i think that's just becoming watered down like you know as a wrestling yeah. fan and especially a, a specific wrestling fan i can talk for myself that i am that that enjoys the the in-ring art form and the athleticism but that gets to a point again of not taking advantage of the medium overall that professional wrestling is where you can put, add in your own form of drama that that's lacking in AEW when you're just throwing matches together that are really solid matches, but with no storytelling aesthetics. Well, and then this is what you basically get. So when I watch AEW, right, you know the hierarchy of the wrestlers on the show and how they operate. You know, like, you know, who the mid carters are the main eventers and the lower dudes and shit like that. Okay. But when I watch AEW, that has nothing to do with the way that I'm watching it. 
because like I like a lot of guys in the company more so than major players in the company. Like I enjoy seeing what MJF does every week pretty much when I watch. Um, I generally enjoy when Orange Cassidy has a match because I dig that. Uh, give me an appearance by Hook. I like that. Uh, give me a match with the Lucha Bros or FTR or the Bucks. Um, and I'm probably missing a few other. Like I like the Acclaimed a lot um, when they're on. Uh, I like Kenny Omega, obviously. Um, is there anybody else here that I'm not mentioning that I really like? That you know, like somebody that you know I I like that I'm not really talking about. Like I like Miro, who's rarely on. Dude, yeah, not to side tangent your point, just real quick, because you made me think on AEW TV, just out of nowhere, Nick Nemeth, who happens to be uh, WWE former, well, I guess he's released former WWE wrestler Dolph Ziggler's brother. And yeah. I haven't seen him on TV in, in forever. And he pops up with one of their backstage interviewer chicks. And he his gimmick is is Hollywood Nemeth or whatever. And yeah. he's like, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I have a, a movie out now and a movie coming out next month. And he's like, I'm going to make a move here. And there's a sign on the dressing room door and it says, CJ, very flexible, very sexy or something along those lines. And it's, yeah. of course, for former talent Lana's locker room. And he knocks on it. And he's like, oh, is CJ there. And it pans back and it's the Redeemer himself. And he just like, oh, she here. And just grabs him by the neck and throws him in the room. Did you did you catch that? No. Segment? I didn't see it. it was pretty it was stupid but funny. Uh, but I digress. Hey Ed, go on. Sorry. I just I just thought of that because uh, I just saw it recently. I thought that was a funny little little thing there with Nemeth. But I mean like the way they book the company has zero and fuck all to do with who I like on the show. Right. And that's wrong. Like, that's dead wrong. Like, because I think most of the guys they have are pretty good. Like, there's not a lot of, like, I could do without Wardlow. They kind of ruined him to me. Um, I don't know. Like, there's nobody else in particular that I see on there that's like a channel changer for me. A lot of the women are, sadly. And it's not because they're bad. I just don't care about the whole division because it's a mess. That's their booking. Yeah. Yeah. Issues. So it's like, you know, there's a lot. Kip Sabian, when he comes on, I don't, I'm like, eh, get this dude off my TV. I'm over this dude. He's been here since the beginning and he's never done anything. Yeah. Like, but, you know, that's what I'm saying. It's like, they don't particularly book the company well. Uh, got. One of the most annoying things about AEW is like, dude, when you watch their show and you like a certain guy or whatever, and they're just not on for like a month. Like, dude, when was the last time you saw Keith Lee? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, and it's, it, but then again, there are like, even though the women's division sucks, I like what they're doing with Tony Storm being like the fucking starlet. Yeah, I think that's one of those ones that like she took matters into her own hands with her own creative, and you know, I hope it started building, and then yeah, you, know, you get more TV time and things like that. Yeah, it's like good for her because it's good. It's probably one of the best things I've yeah, ever seen I just, her do. You know, speaking of these funny little tidbits, I, I saw this little thing from Shivani because I'm sure okay. you saw like she came down Tony Storm a couple weeks ago on TV, and she takes the the little tabletop part off like they do in professional wrestling with the announced tables and and shivani was saying yeah he took she took the thing off and i thought she was just gonna sit on the table and she lays on the table and purposefully put her derriere 
right in Shivani's face. And and he had to play it straight. And he talked about that, like how hard it was to have this yeah. big, beautiful ass in his face. And he's like, can't, can't react. Like, anyway, yeah. We like, uh, we coming up on TV. Irish whip. The show. Yeah. yeah. Irish whip. <laughs> oh, Irish whip something into that if you want to hit this Chiba heel. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, I mean, it's just, it's fucking goofy though, as far as they like. You know, I even feel like since they brought Lana back, like they've been kind of like start stopping that whole thing. And it's just they're not consistent and they have plenty of TV uh, for consistency. So I don't know what they're doing. It's unfortunate, but it's how they're doing things. You know, I guess at the same time, too, like if it's not good, then I'm just not going to watch as much. I barely watch Collision because it's on Saturdays. I'm rarely around for it or I'm doing something else. Yeah, I just record everything, and then before I know it, I have like two, three weeks of stuff and everything else. Because, because again, man, it is a good time to be a wrestling fan. Still, like we could sit here and critique oh, things, yeah. but at the end of the day, there's tons and tons of content. Too much content, actually. Yeah. I mean, you were you were even telling me uh, just another side note with spewing on the mic, random ass uh, talk that we're doing and in, in the pro wrestling stuff with NWA, the National Wrestling Alliance. That's led by former Smashing Pumpkin frontman Billy Corgan, where they're starting some risque stuff, I guess, to try yeah. to get some attention. Where they did a, a a segment with wrestlers partaking in some drug use and the Sinister Minister, you know, I guess uh, some what what was it like, you know, mocked cocaine use or something. It, I don't know how no, you would I mean, put it, it. It looked like they were doing cocaine. Okay, like, there I you mean. Go. It, I mean, I'm not saying they were, but it looked they did as close of a thing to it as you possibly could. So, uh, kind of fucking weird. I don't know. It's not a movie or say it's wrestling. Like it's kind of fucking weird the way that people are with shit. But I, I don't know. You know, I don't watch the NWA anyway. So, but it's just funny whenever you said that about Billy Corgan, it just reminded me of The Simpsons, where he's like, "Hi." I'm Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins. And Homer's like, hi, I'm Homer Simpson, smiling politely. (laughs) (laughs) And and isn't that great? Like, I'm like, yeah, just let's shoot the shit. We haven't talked pro wrestling in a bit. Let's sprinkle that in, you know, 15 minutes later. (laughs) So we can can always talk some wrestling. But, yeah, we'll have some some follow-up talk as the the month goes on and some some more uh, shows uh, start coming into fruition. Like I said, uh, right around the corner in, in mid-November is full gear and not too far after that Survivor Series. So always plenty of wrestling talk here on the What's Real podcast, but I know we didn't really get too much into pro wrestling in the last few weeks, so I figured, you know, let's bullshit about that a little bit, see see your thoughts on the current products. Hey, you know, so that was a good breakdown. We just covered four companies impromptu. Yeah, pretty quickly there. Yeah. So. Uh, one other thing here before we go to our first commercial break that I wanted to bring up. So we just finished off October and the whole month of, you know, horror movies and stuff. Uh, is there anything in particular that you have on your 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 watch list that you've kind of been holding off to wait for October to be over to actually go and check out? Well, you know what? I put a lot of shows I was watching on hold. Uh, so I'm going to get back to some of that. Uh, one one in particular is Osaka, which is the the Star Wars show. That's the the one with Rosario Dawson, you know, another okay. shout out my my partner in Churchill Pictures, Damiano, worked worked on that on the crew. Uh, so I want to get back to a, f- a few shows that I I put on the side, and then uh, yeah, there there is a handful of of movies. Um, there th- that one I've been eyeing up just because it will be a breezy watch. I'm sure is that No Hard Feelings with Jennifer yeah, Lawrence. That's, 
that's something because that came on netflix yeah because of yep. course i keep you know it's a half well it's not even a half joke it's not even a joke what am i talking about disclaimer but she does full frontal in it because they do like a skinny dipping scene so you know my perverted yeah, the, ass that's yeah it's, you're still like 13 that. you're like i'm just watching this movie because she's naked hope it's good like, like, like this this looks stupid she does full frontal like honey let's watch no hard feelings like there's gonna be plenty of hard feelings if you get my dream. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's definitely something. What about you? Is there too. yeah? Is there anything in particular? No, nothing really in particular. Like I'll probably start watching more like series and shit like that uh, than I was. Like there's something that we're gonna talk about for next week. Uh, that's something I've been wanting to watch and I've been holding off. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, not really. It's like before you know it, like. I'll probably honestly just be watching more fucking football and shit like that coming up here because, you know, we're getting into that midpoint of the season. Uh, So which is crazy to think already. But, you know, as soon as November hits, man, it's fucking we say yeah, it's holiday months, man. It goes from Halloween to Thanksgiving to Christmas real damn fast every year. It's like that. Yeah, absolutely. So and that opening segment, the J went pretty fast. So we are going to head off to our very first commercial break. And whenever we come back, we're going to break down some NFL action. So stay tuned for that and much more. We'll be back right after this right here on the What's Real Podcast. Hey, everybody. This is Herman James with the What's Real Podcast. Finally giving me something to do here. It's been a while since I talked to you guys, but I'm actually helping them out doing an advertisement for advertisers. That's right. If you would like to advertise here on the What's Real Podcast and join the team, just shoot us an email today. We got cheap, easy, and affordable rates, and we could hook you up with some kick-ass advertisements. Just hit us up at Gmail. It's at whatsrealpod at gmail.com. That's whatsrealpod at gmail.com. Join the team with me, my brother Timothy and James, the wizard behind the boards, Cam, the J, and Hey Ed. It's the What's Real team for some advertisers. Hit us up, whatsrealpod at gmail.com today. Join us next week for episode 183 of the What's Real podcast. The NFL coverage rolls on as Hey Ed and the J talk about fantasy. For, nope. Damn it. All right. Three, two, one. Join us next week for episode 183 of the What's Real podcast. The NFL season rolls on with full coverage, including Steelers football predictions and power rankings. Also, we're going to take a look at the three-part series on Netflix, Gotti. Then it's a brand new documentary that Hey and the J have been waiting some time to check out, and we're going to talk about it on next week's show. It's WWE's Super Fan. This is Timothy James with the What's Real Podcast representing Goose or Goose for episode 183 of the show where the guys talk about getting a cahoots to go up against Amaranth and her vaginal yeast beer and all kinds of other crazy things like dogs looking like tigers, bros trying to propose for home co and almost breaking their backs. You know how Goose or Goose is. It's crazy as hell. GRG, girl. All that and much more next week on episode 183 of the What's Real podcast. And we're back, and it is time once again for some NFL talk. First up, let's go over our predictions from last week, the J. First up, and we're going to break this down here in a moment, uh, is the Jaguars and Steelers. Of course, the Jaguars won that game 20-10, to 10, 
And uh, I think we split on that one, right? You didn't pick the Steelers. No, no, we uh, we both picked the Steelers. Cause, okay, because so I I had voted against them the week before, and I was like, I can't do this again. And meanwhile, look what happens. So we were both wrong on that one. Uh, the Bills uh, beat the Buccaneers at home, twenty-four to eighteen, and I believe we both got that one right. Yep. Uh, the Rams lost to the Cowboys 43-20, to and I believe we both got that one correct. Two dubs. Uh, another dub here with the Vikings over the Packers, 24-10. to Yep. Uh, I know I got this wrong. I don't remember if you picked the other team or not. Uh, the Falcons lost to the Titans, 28-23. to Yeah, I snuffed that one out. I had the Titans. Uh, I For the next one, I went with the Colts over the Saints, but yeah, we I both was wrong. Did. Both wrong. Uh, 38-27 Saints. Uh, we got the next one right as the Dolphins beat the Patriots 31 to 17. Yep. Uh, I believe we both got this one right with the Jets beating the Giants 13 to 10. We did. Uh, the Eagles beat the Commanders 38 31. I believe we both got that one right. Yes, sir. Uh, the Texans lost to the Panthers 13 to 15. I think we both got that one wrong. Both wrong. Panthers' first win of the season. Uh, I don't remember if we split this one uh, or not, the Jay, because, you know, I'm an idiot. Uh, the Seahawks beat the Browns 24-20. Both had dubs. All right. Uh, we both missed this one. The Chiefs lost to the Broncos 24-9. Yeah, who would have thought that? Both got this right. The Ravens over the Cardinals 31-24. Yes, sir. Split this one. I got this one right. The J, the Bengals beating the 49ers 31-17. That's when we split. I lost, yeah. All right. I think uh, we both got this one right with the Chargers over the Bears 30-13. to Yep. And I don't remember if we both picked this one or not. I think so. The Lions over the Raiders, 26 to 14. We did. Both got it. All right. So how did we do this week? The J. As funny as it is, we both came out with our splits balancing each other out, 11 and 5 this week for both of us. So this year with where we started our predictions on the What's World Podcast official episodes, uh, you're at 26 and 18 on the year so far. And the J's right behind you. One game difference. I'm 25 and 19. All right, so we're neck and neck there. Neck and neck. Uh, see how we do uh, next week, per se. But before we do that, we have to get into the Pittsburgh Steelers losing, of course, to the Jacksonville Jaguars 20-10. to 10. And as we do here on the show, the, Jay, the good, the bad, and the ugly as far as the Steelers go. Um, I'll be honest with you, man. I don't really have anything good. I don't poor poor weather poor football and poor analysis basically yeah nothing good this week for me do you have anything at all that you'd throw in the good oh man uh maybe I'm uh, you know obviously I'm really (laughs) pulling the strings here hey yeah I would say uh Pickens you know he had the touchdown although that was kind of just a his only catch of the game, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of just a toss-up from Trubisk. Yeah, that's okay. Sure. Yeah. I, I, can, can I mean, the lone touchdown it? is what I'm throwing in the good. Put it that way. Okay, fair enough. So I guess we can move on to the bad, right? Yes. Okay, first off, let's just get this out of the way. The fucking officiating. Uh, Terrible. Um, woeful. They, pull, they pulled a fucking field goal off the, the scoreboard. Uh for a phantom penalty um they, they called a fucking uh roughing the passer against the Steelers that wasn't 
and didn't call it on the against the Jaguars when it was and it and broke Pickett uh, got hurt. Yeah, Pickett's rib. Um, so that's absolutely Th- a there's that, that viral footage of Tomlin saying to the one side uh, lineswoman, "What's wrong with you guys today?" <laughs> like, <laughs> no, he's like, he's like, "What the fuck are y'all doing out here today?" That's what he said. There you go. Um, but yeah, that that's my first bad. Yeah, and there's a lot. The, the officiating was terrible. I'll, I'll throw in there, you know, that forever disclaimer of the thin line between bad and ugly. Uh, but this one, you know, we'll throw on the bad was, of course, losing Minka Fitzpatrick early in the game with a hamstring injury. Never want to see yep. that. Yep, totally agree there. Uh, you could throw into Pickett's injury if you want to just group those together, the injuries alone. Um I guess another bad in in this one uh, is the Steelers' fucking running game. Um, everybody wants to go back and forth every week about Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, but they both stunk this week. Um, I don't understand Najee Harris. He's regressing to me. He looks like he's running in sand every week. Uh, Warren's much better, but not necessarily effective. The offensive line's been piss poor all season. Um, it would be nice to see them kind of gelling together, but it, it, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm with you. And, and before I get too far away from it, hey, Ed, just because I just kind of thought of it, looking at some of the notes and stats from the game, uh, something I would definitely put in the good, and that will get count, counterbalanced from some bad and ugly, but it was the the defense generating three turnovers. Um, you know, the offense couldn't do shit with that, and the defense would give away way too many big plays in the second half. But nonetheless, uh, you know, with – such slim pickings with good. Uh, I'll throw the the three turnovers in there. Uh, but yeah, I, I just go for my my next bad. Hey Ed, with the quarterback play uh, again. You know your, your starter gets hurt. It's one of those situations. It's terrible weather. But Mitch Trubisky just looked like shit. Yeah, he's not a good quarterback at all. Like at all. Uh, it's just a lot of the same bullshit. You know, we've been seeing like they've not gotten solid quarterback play in almost two seasons now in any capacity at all. And I don't care about Pickett in the fourth quarter. I don't care. Like, I'm over that shit, too. Like, it's just not there. They're not getting the play from the quarterback position whatsoever. And and how about to go into the bad, too? While we're at it, we were kind of excited last week having Deontay Johnson back because he looked pretty good. In this game, it was the Deontay Johnson of old with a couple big drops. Uh, there was that one before Kenny Pickett got hurt that he most likely would have scored on that he yep. dropped early in the game. I mean, that was like the first play of the game. And then he proceeds to basically say the refs cost him the game afterwards. And even with us saying that the refs were terrible, they didn't Dude, cause the Steelers I to said lose in the, the game. In the modern NFL of 2023 into the 24 season, scoring 10 points – is not the ref's fault. You're not going to no. win a game scoring 10 fucking points. No, you're just not going to do that at all. I mean, it's it, here. here's another fact of the matter here. Let me just line up something for you. Uh, passing yards. The Steelers, 191 to 271 for Jaguars. Rushing yards, 70 for the Steelers, up against 106 for Jacksonville, which equates to 261 yards of total offense by the Steelers and 377 by the Jaguars. Um, the defense didn't play well. Um, it got worse with Minka not being out there. 
Uh, now they've committed to starting Joey Porter, so that only took half a fucking season for no reason. Um, they could have went out during the trade deadline and, and do something uh, to bolster the secondary, and my understanding is they tried, um, but they didn't do it. So now you're stuck with what you got, and it is what it is for the rest of the season, and it doesn't look very good. <laughs> no. And uh, I, I just, you know, it, it could go on and on. I'll, I'll put uh, my next couple bullet points into the ugly uh just to further the the segment for myself but uh the only other thing i had in the bad hey ed was the continued poor play of the secondary specifically the defensive backs especially when you're talking about losing fitzpatrick but uh demonte kazee coming in who had having a, a he had, he had a pick by the way he had a pick but uh you know other than that couple huge missed tackles in space yep, yep. uh you know blown coverages galore some just completely boneheaded plays so you know good job on a on a great interception but really bad play other than that to be honest and dude i okay we can move on to the uglies now yeah uh boy do i have a good one here and it's not going to be what you expect matt canada and the reason why he's in the ugly this week, it's not necessarily for him. He actually didn't call that bad of a game. And that's why he gets brought up in the ugly this week because he managed to call a pretty decent game for the most part. And we still only managed fucking 10 points and one touchdown in the game. So even when he's doing things right, it's kind of showing you that like he's a big problem and needs to be gone. But like offensively, the Steelers just aren't any good. They're not. Yeah, that's my ugly man. What what do we talk about? The success specifically last year, getting them to the Super Bowl, almost winning a Super Bowl, was the Philadelphia Eagles in the trenches. That D line and O line doing their thing, winning football games. Our offensive line is the foundation of the terrible offense, and they just stunk. You know, one week, yeah. one week after playing okay in Los Angeles, they look decent. Again, that's against LA. I mean, you have. Uh, offense or defensive, excuse me, player of the year to deal with. But nonetheless, they, they did good uh, last year. But, man, did they come crashing back to earth this week. The offensive line, hey, Ed, allowed nine quarterback hits, one away from double digits, three sacks, and uh, they, like you said, only generated 70 rushing yards, which equaled about 3.9 carries on the day. I mean, they, they're just terrible, man. I mean, they, they just have to find consistency and fast. Yeah, and it's getting to the point, too, and this is really weird because remember how last year we would complain about certain guys on the offensive line compared to others? Um, dude, this year, Mason Cole has been a fucking disaster for them. Terrible fucking center. And this is a guy they went out and got. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, it's a I shame. don't see. It's not either. It's not that they're not developing right and shit like that. They're just picking wrong a lot of the time. And that's not good. That's the kind of shit right there that you can't recover from because you have dudes on your roster for years after that. It's like the Devin Bush thing. Like, they miss so badly on him. That's why we're still having problems to this day with middle linebackers because you weren't able to properly replace Shazier after he got hurt. That happened so many years ago, and they still can't figure it out. Still a huge hole. Yeah, the, the only other ugly I would have, hey, uh, you know, kind of just like you said, it just kind of goes in with the overall offense. You know, you're talking about a 
piss poor offensive line. You're talking about a running game that can't get going. You're talking about Deontay Johnson starting to drop passes again. First play of the game could have got us, you know, some really great momentum if he catches that. Could have been really explosive, and he drops it. You're, you're talking all this stuff that we covered, and then on top of it all, with a uh, Friar move down at tight end, you have Connor Hayward coming in. Has a decent game, but guess what? He has five freaking catches that equal 24 yards, you know? So, yep, so it's yeah, all junk he's, time. He's catches. sure-handed, but, you know, it's poor, you know, poor conditions and they're not stretching the field. Five catches, which is solid, but then you look at the yards, 24 yards. Well, you dude, know? It, even Deontay Johnson, he had eight catches for 85 yards, didn't get in the end zone again. Yeah. But they, he was, in, he, was dude, he was targeted 14 times. God damn. Like, that's terrible. Like, it's too many times. Like, you're not spreading the ball around. You're not making throws. You're just doing check downs and shit. And that's been, I think that's one of the design things about Matt Canada's offense that is terrible. It's it's check down designed. So, like, it's so reliant on check downs that you, you don't make a play. And the quarterbacks are just still, do a check down. they're playing safe and they're still misfiring. Missing guys. Yeah. I mean, it's just a mess. And then on top of everything else, uh, another thing to keep an eye on or, or monitor moving forward here is a thing that we we're excited about in the preseason and and with the draft and everything was, of course, Darnell Washington at tight end. And he was surprisingly off the field in, in some 12 personnel situations. Yeah, he so he's not working out either. It looks like, and and you know, not as a receiver with Fryer being out. Yeah, you would think, but instead, Connor Hayward steps up and again does all right. But you're talking about like you just broke down. Hey, had everything being short and near the line of scrimmage, and then Hayward's not doing much as a blocker either. So that's something that maybe Dornell could come in and do, but he's not even on the field. No, it's it's it just is what it is. It's just a no identity ugly offense that just clugs along every week struggling no matter what's going on no matter who they're playing it's no matter where they're playing no matter what the weather's like it's just the old garbage fucking offense that we have it's it's a shame really but uh but let's finish it out the jay this week with our letter grades offense defense and overall uh i'm going to give the offense this week a d minus it's just barely failing uh, and I'm only, and I'm not taking them into failing just because of the injury to pick it. Um, the defense for me gets a D uh, again with the injuries and stuff like that. I understand, but they gave up 377 yards of total offense, um, and you had three takeaways on top of it. It still didn't matter. And uh, overall performance for the Steelers, I'm going to give a D minus because I just thought it was a shitty overall performance. Uh, literally, Matt Canada was the only one that seemingly was doing well. Uh, calling the game for an inept offense. It I'm with you. Just to make it easy, hey, you had the triple D that we love here on the show. Boobs. But, yeah, all solid Ds. D on offense, D on defense means D as an overall. And it's just sad. Again, I can't get over that fact. And I got to keep bringing it up. And you just made a great point. With three turnovers and you're only putting up 10 points in 2023 modern football. You can't beat anybody putting up ten points. I don't care, especially with three no. turnovers. To, you know, this, nope. this defense is. You know, they might have their struggles, but they're still carrying this team. This might be the most pathetic offense we've seen in some time. And the stats stick up. We were talking about that off air. Hey Ed, where like we we mentioned, the big one is that four hundred yard mark, 
And yeah. the fact that we haven't hit the 400 yard mark more than any team in history, I like the the next team except for one. And that there's like an asterisk on that. Remember we were looking up. Yeah. Yeah. They like didn't play as near as many games or whatever, so like we're we're standing alone here as one of the worst offenses in the current NFL. That's just sad. Yeah, in a in a league that's run by offense. So <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, it is what it is. I just have a feeling we're in the we're in the midst of a pretty rough season. Yeah, and we so, and we got to say here on the podcast just cuz it is what it is when as we speak, we're going to just it's going to be another one of those episodes dropping on Friday for what's real that we'll see what our predictions were cuz the Steelers play on Thursday night this Thursday week, so night. We'll have our predictions, but yeah, it's something worth mentioning as well that this game would have already taken place as we drop. Yep. So we'll see how we fare on that in just a moment. But before we get to that, it is time once again for the What's Real podcast power rankings after week eight. What's Real NFL power rankings. The segment where me and the Jay break down all the NFL teams from worst to first. So let's just get into it this week. The Jay start us off with 32. All right, 32. Even though they got their first win, there's my sound effect. Hey, Eel, for the Panthers. I kept it. I did. I actually disagreed, but I will piggyback. This week at 32 is where I have the one and seven Arizona Cardinals. And at 31 after their big win, that's where I have the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, that's a good deciding factor. I just still think the Panthers still think the Panthers stink. Just kept them there at 32. But we had similar lines of thinking, hey, Ed, because I put the Cardinals at 31. All right. This week at 30 is where I have the Chicago Bears. All right, this is where I put with breaking news. Uh, again, another thing that I must say we didn't discuss yet just while I'm bringing it up, but I put the Raiders at 30, and they just fired their head coach and OC. Yeah, I don't want to – they're coming up, but not for a little while for me. Uh, so let's see. This week at 29, that's where I have the New York Giants. Great minder, first great minder at 29 with the Giants. 28 for me is the New England Patriots. I'll piggyback you because I put the Bears that you already mentioned at 28 and the Patriots at 27. And at 27, that's where I have the Green Bay Packers. And at 26 this week, after a big win, this is where I have the Denver Broncos. Uh, so I put the Titans. And that's who I have at 25 this week. All right, I put the Colts at 25. 24, that's where I have the Raiders. And that's where I put the Packers. 23 this week is the Washington Commanders. All right, I'll piggyback. I have the Broncos at 23 and the Commanders at 22. 22 is where I have the Indianapolis Colts. And at 21, that just outside of the top 20 is where I have the Rams. All right, I'll piggyback you into my top 20. I have the Rams at 20. I put the Saints outside of the top 20 at 21. At 20 this week, that's where I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And falling to 19 after a pretty disappointing loss this week, that's where I have the Houston Texans. All right, I put the Buccaneers at 18, and I have the Vikings at 19. 18 for me this week is the Los Angeles Chargers, and it's 17 this week. That's where I have the Atlanta Falcons. Ding, ding. That's a great minder. 16 is the team you already mentioned for me, the J. This is where I have the New Orleans Saints. This is where I put the Jets. 15 for me is the Minnesota Vikings. That's where I place the Chargers. 14 this week for me is the New York Jets. And just like that for me, uh, you already named this team, but coming up big, and, and this is with a loss to the worst team in the league, but it's just kind of how it falls with the AFC South and how you do the week-to-week power rankings. But the Texans made my top 15 at 14. Okay. 13 this week, this is where I have the Cleveland Browns. All right, I'll piggyback you. I have our home Pittsburgh Steelers at 13 with the Browns at 12. 
And at 12 is where I have the Steelers. And just leading out of the top 10, uh, moving up quite a bit after this week, this is where I have the Cincinnati Bengals. That's a great minder. Yes, yeah, so that's the AFC North in a nutshell. Right outside the top 10 power rankings of the NFL for the J, I had the Steelers 13, Browns 12, Bengals 11. So pretty, pretty wild there. All right, just making the top 10 for me this week. They fell out of it last week. That's where I have the Buffalo Bills. Another great minder. I have the Bills right at 10. Believe it or not, even though they have a 6-2 and two record at number 9 this week, that's where I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think they're that good. All right, I was going to say this is going to be interesting, um, our top 10, because uh, from what I picked up on, we didn't name any of the nine here yet so we're all gonna have the same nine just jumbled which has kind of been the you know what's been happening but at nine i i place the seahawks at eight this week this is where i have the dallas cowboys all right so i dropped the 49ers to eight with their injury struggles okay so i'm just gonna finish up up to the top five because you already mentioned the teams at seven this week that's where i have the seattle seahawks and falling out of the top five for the first time this season at number six is the San Francisco 49ers. All right, so that's crazy because even jumbled, we still have the same top five jumbled because yep. I have the Cowboys <laughs> Cowboys at seven and the Jaguars at six. All right, the J. So here we go at the top five. At number five this week, the J, this is where I have the Detroit Lions. Ding, ding. Great minds. Number four for me this week, this is where I have the Baltimore Ravens. All right, we're starting to differ. I have the Dolphins at four. All right, top three. Here we go, the J at three for me this week. This is the Kansas City Chiefs. Number two is the Miami Dolphins. And once again at number one is the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, you know what? I didn't hear you say the Ravens because that's why I was, where'd you put the Ravens? Four. Oh, you had them at four. Okay. Uh, so my four was the Dolphins. So I have... My top three, I have the Ravens, I have the Chiefs at two, and last week I had the Eagles at one. I kept them there with their win. All right. So, yeah, it's weird, man. I don't, you know, like I'm not going to drop Kansas City too much here, but like if they lose again, they're probably going to fall considerably um, because I don't really believe in them either. Um, So we'll have to see how that works uh, moving forward. But it is time to get into our week nine predictions here. Uh, and, of course, we always start out with uh, the Thursday night game for us this week, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I don't know how you feel about this one, the Jay, but I'm going to go with the Steelers this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a bounce back here. It seems like they do that a lot, too, uh, you know, f- for whatever that's worth with, with bouncing back from a bad loss. But I'm going to go with the Steelers here beating the Titans. And in a shame on you uh, NFL moment, uh, our next game, uh, which will be played Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. from Frankfurt, Germany, is the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs, dude. Yeah, the Germans are lucky with getting that game. Like, that's bullshit, frankly. Like, that's also Tyreek Hill's first time playing against the Chiefs, and that game would have been in Arrowhead. But no, now it's in Germany. You're going to see some dude in the front row in suspenders like, Nachtigang! Great. That's my German impression. Because, you know, German's what I always think of when I think of the National Football League. But uh, who do you like in this one, the Jay? I wonder if they'll be eating Frankfurters in the audience. Hey, Eel. I would think so. Uh, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. <laughs> Same. Yeah, I think the Dolphins win this game. Uh, absolutely. Next up is the 4-4 four and four Vikings at the 4-4 four and four Falcons uh, in Atlanta. And after the Kirk Cousins injury, I'm just going to go with the Falcons here. 
Yeah, I think the Vikings are on a bit of a resurgence. Uh, the Cousins injury does have me raising my eyebrow, but I'll, I'll split with you on that. I'll go with the Vikes. Do you see who most likely their new starting quarterback I was, is going to be? I was just going to ask you that. I'm not sure. It's Josh Dobbs. Dobbs. They traded for they traded for him, so okay. I imagine he's going to probably start. So, so, so who's going to start in uh, Arizona? <laughs> a fucking uh, maybe uh, Kyler Murray. Uh, okay, because he's back practicing and everything. So I'm thinking he's probably going to be that's the what dude they again. did. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So, just is what it is. But uh, speaking of that, uh, next up we have the one and seven Cardinals taking on the four and th- three Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Yeah, I like the Browns in that. Same, uh, but it could be a little bit different story if Murray plays. I'll say that much. Uh, next up, we have the three and five Rams at the two and five Green Bay Packers. Uh, it, this is going to be an ugly game, but I think the Rams just squeak it out. I'll split with you on that. I'll go with the Packers. The three and five Commanders go to New England to play the New England Patriots, who are at two and six. I'm going to go with Commanders in that one. I agreed. Yeah, that's I, I think they're gonna beat them too. I don't I think the Patriots are really not good at all. No. Nah. Uh next up we have the two and six Bears going in New Orleans to play the Saints. Uh I'm gonna go with New Orleans on that one. I like the Saints. This should be a pretty good game. Tough one to pick here, the Jay. The five and two Seahawks go to Baltimore to play the Ravens at six and two. Yeah, this is this should be a good one. Battle of the Birds. Hey, Eels, they they dub it. Uh I'm gonna go with the Seahawks. Agreed. Yeah, I do like the Seahawks better in this game as well. Uh, we have the three and fours uh, battling it out in Houston as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go there to play the Houston Texans. I think the Texans win this game. Yeah, I like the Texans. Next is the three and five Colts at the one and six Panthers. The Panthers are going to pull off another win, the Jay. I think so. I don't like the Colts in this. Yeah, I think the Colts are going to win. So I'll, I'll split with you okay. there. Uh, another ugly game, the two and six Giants versus the three and five Raiders. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, these Giants, man, but even more the turmoil constantly in Vegas with with old bowl cut, haircut, goof. Um, I can't even think of his name. The, the other Mark Davis. <laughs> yeah, the other Davis, I was gonna say. Mark Marcus Aurelius, that fuckhead. I'm gonna go with the Giants. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go with the Giants here, too. I don't know if the Raiders are going to be able to get it together for a weekend game when they just lost their coach. No. Uh, another big, big matchup here. We have the 5-2 and two Cowboys uh, going to Philadelphia to play the 7-1 and one Eagles. And uh, I think the Eagles are going to pull this one out. Uh, I'll split with you here. I think the Cowboys have something going. Okay. Uh, another big AFC matchup on Sunday night. We have the Buffalo Bills going to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Who do you like in this one? Yeah, this this is like the battle of the teams that like who shows up team. You know, it's like yeah, they yeah. They, they they look good on paper, but then like us that really know the game and the current NFL know their holes. But it's like who shows up, you know? And and where's this one at? Is this one in Cincy? Yeah, that's yep. going to be my deciding factor. I'm going to go with the home team, so I'll go with the Bengals. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bengals as well. Uh, I picked them last week to beat the Niners, and if you're good enough to beat the Niners, I definitely think. And they're good they're looking to beat the back Bills. to form the Bengals. Yeah, exactly. Burrow's they're healthy now. Seems yeah. to be good. So, uh, but that's yeah, that's another. I'm not going to bet against a healthy Burrow either. Uh, and on the Monday night game, we have the three and four Chargers playing the four and three Jets. Uh, I like the Jets in this game. So do I. I think the Chargers are are not that good. And with that being said, 
the Denver Broncos, the Detroit Lions, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the San Francisco 49ers are all on a bye for Week 9. So join us next week and see how that shakes out. Uh, But that is our NFL segment for the week. I hope you guys enjoyed that. We are going to take a quick commercial break, and whenever we come back, me and the Jay are going to wrap up the 31 days of Halloween here on the What's Real Podcast. Hey, Yins, guys. That's right. It's your boy, the Jay, once again. As the great Chris Jericho used to say, representing the dub R question mark, the What's Real podcast. And I am here today for local Pittsburgh area independent production company, Churchill Pictures. And the Jay can admit, for those consistently listening week to week, we have ads for Churchill Pictures. You may be rolling your eyes, but this time, this week, I have a gift for you where you can watch some of our feature films for free for the first time. For those that don't know, Churchill Pictures is based out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, established from the bond of two childhood friends. Churchill Pictures envisions creating visual content that is completely original, thought-provoking, and most importantly, entertaining. Check all the information out at churchillpictures.com today. And as I said at the top of the ad, your chance to see their two feature films for free. Just subscribe to YouTube's Churchill Pictures channel. Go to YouTube. Subscribe to the Churchill Pictures channel and you'll be able to watch the full feature film, the 2012 Silver Ace Award winner from the Las Vegas Film Festival, Deference. Deference, the full movie, is for free on our YouTube channel. Then our second feature film, The Unsung, is now available for free on Tubi. Tubi is a free streaming site, just has a little bit of ads, but you can get used to them. Check us out on Tubi. All you have to do is register for Tubi, or if you're already registered, go on ahead and sign in on Tubi and just search The Unsung. The Unsung is now streaming for free on Tubi. Check us out today at churchillpictures.com or YouTube deference, Tubi The Unsung, Churchill Pictures. We create worlds. IWC, the International Wrestling Cartel, is back. It's winner takes all 2023. Happening Saturday, November 4th, 2023 at 7 p.m. live from Mark's Court Time in Elizabeth, Pennsylvania. Featuring Commander versus El Hijo del Vikingo. And in the main event, the IWC Super Indie title match between Duke Davis and Gannon Jones. It all goes down again November 4th, Saturday night at 7 p.m. Go to IWCWrestling.com for tickets today. And we're back, and it is time for the very final week here, as sad as it may be, as the What's Real podcast ventures into our typical yearly thing for October, which is the 31 days of Halloween. It's where me and the Jay try and watch at least a movie every day for the month, and we've both uh, exceeded the amount already. Uh, And it is time to count down where we were at from last time. So uh, actually... Let's not do that. Let's just, we'll say the whole list whenever we're done. We're crying, so, we're crying tears of blood. Hey, Young. Yes, we absolutely are. So let's get into it, the J. Uh, I'm just going to start this off because it's fairly easy, but I watched a couple things multiple times. Uh, so well, some of those things include Halloween 6, Halloween 3, Halloween 5, and the original Halloween. So there you go which, oddly enough, now we have an equal amount to Jay. So 
Uh, start us off with uh, your first watch. Yeah, that, that goes into the, as we mentioned, the AMC watching. Uh, for, for those that aren't aware that are living under a rock, that's a cable network that plays Halloween and horror movies on a loop uh, during October. So that, that helps get some random watches in for both of us, I think. And I think that's, yeah, why, definitely. that's why you definitely have some repeats because you're just like, okay, background noise, let's just keep AMC rolling. So with yep, you on that much. head. But uh, yeah, just uh, up to speed. Like you said, we'll break everything down. But I am starting with my 32nd watch. So I watched up to 31 to this point. And that first one is a doozy. It's a good way to start the uh, wrap up here. Hey, it's 1978's Toby Hooper classic. You're damn right. I watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, Texas. That's from 74, though. 74. So, I can't even read but, my handwriting. You know, it's really weird, too, because that's one that I usually watch for Halloween, but I didn't watch it this year uh, because I watched it a couple times, like, you know, like after Cinema Wasteland in April, which had a reunion. So, like, I was watching it around then. You son of time, a bitch. So, so I obviously didn't uh, didn't get it in this month, but oh, well, it's unfortunate. You're not going to watch them all, hate you. No, but I did manage because, as I mentioned, uh, some of the stuff that I rewatched. Uh, one of the reasons why I watched uh, John Carpenter's Halloween again is because every year on Halloween, I watch Halloween. And also I watch this movie, which is George Romero's classic 1968 Night of the Living Dead. And I watched. So the, I got uh, that in for every year now since I believe it was 88. That's awesome. Something to be proud of. Hey, yo. And you know, your it is means that. Because um, I was just going to joke, my my wife and I watched the porn version, Night of the Giving Head. Ah, yes. So you got to throw From that 19, one in there. 1998. Uh, <laughs> Jorge Romero classic. Yeah. Good, good, solid freak show of a film. Uh, <laughs> my, my next one was a good old, good old classic. Uh, just keeping up with the Toby Hooper theme, even though there's controversy surrounding this one. And that was Poltergeist. I actually watched that with the kids. You know what's weird, man? Uh, so I've seen Poltergeist like an ungodly amount of times in my life. But like, dude, I don't like really like Poltergeist anymore. Like it's just, it there's something weird. about it. I was going to say that. It definitely aged weird to me. I don't know. If and it's the, not the effects or nah. any. I just, I'm just like, I don't know what it is about I this agree movie, with you but it just that. doesn't. Like when I was a kid, I loved Poltergeist. It just doesn't. There's something about it that now, when I watch it, I'm like, eh, yeah. whatever. Kids enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, it. You know, I feel like it plays better to like younger people for whatever reason. But or if you've never seen it, like, uh, that's the other. That's thing. that's also true. So, uh, I also started watching a series of movies that I'd seen before because there was a new one coming out. Uh, and I hadn't seen this one previously. I'd only seen the regular version, but I watched Hell House LLC, the director's cut uh, from 2020. And I remember really liking this movie the first time that I saw it. And I might have liked it a little bit more uh, watching it again. Uh, and this pretty much kicked off me watching the series. But I'll get into that as we move along. Yeah, because you're as as it does here. Uh, I haven't watched those and I had eyed them up, never got to them. And then. You, you know, you kind of getting into them again this year and, and kind of being big on them uh, definitely has them on my radar. And that will be, a, am sure, a post 31 days shutter watch for the J because they are all on shutter, all four of them. Yep. So I'll be checking those out. Uh, let's go into some classic franchises with the J for, for a couple here. Uh, this was some of my AMC watching. 
as I did also watch Halloween six. Yeah. What did you think about it? Rewatching it this time? Like, cause again, this it's is definitely, one I told you it's starting to play better. To exactly. I was going to say it's definitely, it's definitely above and beyond better than four and five. That's for sure. And do, and I will say this too. One thing that I'm kind of starting to notice about that movie, and I don't really know exactly what it is about it that does this. Paul like, Rudd, man, it's all Paul Rudd. It, well, no, it it nails like the time of year very well. Like yeah. it feels like it's autumn and Halloween. That's and a good shit. Call. Like they they do a great job with that uh, in part six. I'll give them credit there. I've kind of also wanted to watch the producers cut of that recently. Because uh, I, like I told you, I've come to start to appreciate part six and I haven't seen the producer's cut in years. So I kind of want to see that uh, just to, you know, see how I feel about that at this point. But uh, not a bad choice. Um, and I'll go with this one here. Uh, of course, I had to watch Hell House LLC 2 uh, from 2018. I remember liking this one, but it wasn't as good as the first one. And that's essentially how it played out this time around. But it's still pretty good. Okay. And then just going with that same sort of line of thinking uh, for this portion of the list for the J, I have Halloween 2 on here. And we've already discussed it because that was a watch you had, but that plays so well, man. It's it's underrated because I think, you know, the levity of being the one that's right after the classic of all classics with the original Halloween, it's just too much to follow. But over the years and after numerous watches and just being where we're at as horror fans, I think you could respect it as, as being pretty damn underrated. Dude, it's weird. Like, I, the original is a classic, and I've seen it so many times in my life. Um, I don't think the second one's better than the first one, but at this stage... I'd probably rather watch the second. Well, it's it's how I've a seen sequel. The first one so many more. It's how times. a sequel should be. You know, it's like it it yeah. starts off from that night. You know, it's I mean, it basically makes Halloween one just a longer movie. Basically, it is. you know what yeah, I mean? It, it, yeah, and it gets right into it. So it's really yeah. well paced. You know, solid kills. There's fun stuff with like the hot tub scene and that shit. Yeah, it's it's all it's it's the best follow up to maybe. Any slasher, like, yeah. and and I like Friday Thirteenth Part Two a lot, but it's a completely separate movie from what the first one is. Right, this one's a full continuation of the first one, and I thought that they did a pretty good job, minus Jamie Lee's weird fucking wig. That's that's <laughs> yeah. literally my my biggest problem. And, with that and, movie, and it's funny too because it's something it, it, like we say this a lot on the podcast, talking about things that come from our childhood and we've seen and all that. Like I knew he was in it, but I kind of always forget until he pops up. But the dude from the last Starfighter is like the love interest. Oh yeah, Lan- Lance worker. Guest. Lance Guest, yeah, the EMT dude in that. It is fun, and he has one of my favorite scenes in that movie too, where he slips on the floor. Yeah, with all you the know, blood. The, like, yeah, exactly. And it's which is like a pretty good, you know, like mechanism in a movie like that. Yeah, like, it's, it's like kind of yeah, out that, of nowhere, and he, you know, movies do so good with that. Like I always point out the classic of, amongst all classics of that's. Michael J. Fox is Marty McFly. Like when he gets hit by the car and his head does the double bounce. Cause yeah, movie, movies yeah. can make things like that. So violent with the editing. And that's kind of how that is. It's like he slips and just gets annihilated and you yep, just, you know, you absolutely. know, it's a movie, but you kind of, it's almost like you're watching YouTube and one of these stupid, you know, things you like kind of cringe. Like, Ooh, even though it's a, yeah. a stunt man, you know, so I'm with you there. Hey, what watch Mad Max and tell me you don't cringe at some of that shit. Yeah, exactly. Jesus Christ. It's ridiculous. Stunt but, worker extraordinaire is in that one. 
Tell me about it. just crazy people. I don't even know about stunt workers. It's just lunatics. Like I'm gonna do three lines um, of coke and and roll wreck, camera. Wreck, th- wreck this Dodge Dart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, of course, that means for me, I watched Hell House LLC three from 2019. Uh, one thing I'll say about this one, dude. Up to this point, it's definitely the worst out of the three, but it manages to have one in particular scene that's one of the creepiest fucking scenes in the entire series. So it's like, okay, it's kind of a fair trade-off because they they really did a great job with that part, but the movie's just not as good as the other two. Not up to par. Got nope. you there. So th- this is, I'm down to three three left in, in the 2023, 31 days. Hey, Ed, we're crying tears of joy, tears of blood. Uh, but this this uh, is the last one of of past you know past films. And then the next two are newer movies and fresh watches. I kind of saved to go over for last. But this one was was one of our classics. It's based off of a Stephen King book that I actually went and, and read the book eventually because I liked this movie so much since I was a kid. And that of course is Gary Busey and Corey Haim in the Werewolf. Oh, Silver Bullet. Stephen King, our classic Silver Bullet. Yeah, I watched that one in September. It was I just caught it on TV and I ended up watching. That's it. always such a good one. Uh, man. I, it is. It's pretty solid. It's not anything to blow your mind. It's just solid. So yeah. it's but it, it's a lot of fun for sure. Um, I watched the season finale uh, and potentially the series finale of Pittsburgh's Chiller Theater uh, last weekend, and uh, they showed one that I hadn't seen in a while. William Castle's classic with Vincent Price, 1959's The House on Haunted Hill. Yep, talk about classics. That's a legit. 100%. All right, so next up for the J, rounding out the 31 days. Hey, yep. And we'll count everything up and do our thing to close it out. Just down to two more watches. And first off, uh, it's one that I know we mutually purposely didn't discuss yet, and we both uh, ran it by each other that we did catch, and that was Five Nights at Freddy. Yes, Freddy's. also watch that one. Um generally knew about you know the game and stuff before uh, seeing the movie um but it you know i'm not a big fan or anything like that so i was just kind of curious to watch it and this is my biggest thing with this movie um it's not good um and the reason why it kind of made me angry is because it it looked and felt like it had a lot of potential to be really cool and it could have been a really good horror movie um and it just wasn't it felt kind of lazy, frankly. And because of that, it's just kind of like, eh, here and gone. And apparently they're going to be making a bunch more of them. So it is what it is. I, I typically don't say this about films. And because I think that in the horror genre and with a property such as Five Nights at Freddy, which I am familiar with, we, you know, the kids play it. I have it in VR and everything. I've, I've dipped into it a bit. So I'm familiar with the, the, the property and, and, you know, what's behind the games and everything. And the problem I found with the film was that they actually, you know, that was my point. They put too much effort into the story and everything. It's like, man, this dude, this needs to be a fun, creepy movie. We don't need to know about these fucking flashbacks, all these kids and, you know, Josh Hutcherson's characters, flashbacks. And I'm like, geez, oh man, Dude, you know what? I'll be honest with you, not to get super in-depth in it, but this is just my line of thinking with this. If I was pegged to write the movie, I would have wrote the the security guard is just like kind of like a local yokel down-on-his-luck goof. Yeah, that's and desperate for some cash. Not even just that. He's just like a, a loser. Like, 
this is his chance to be a hero. Oh, gotcha. Right? Yeah. And basically, I would have had a bunch of scenes because you I'm sure you know the game. So the game's like a high pressure, high intensity kind of a game of fear. Like you're like using the power and shit at certain times. Yeah, and the security because, camera footage. Because the creatures from, you know, the fucking establishment, it's like a, a reformatted Chuck E. Cheese, basically, is the storyline for it. Um, the characters come alive and they eat people and kill people and kids and shit. And you're basically functioning the power to close doors so they don't come in and kill you in the main security room with the cameras and everything. And I felt like this movie totally missed the fucking mark where they could have had some really good tense fucking scenes with a security guard and he's he's trying to use the fucking cameras and he's by himself and it's like something's coming for him. Oh shit. Like, and they didn't do any of that. They worked this weird secondary storyline. It kind of reminds me, uh, this was oh, well over a year ago when we did it here on the show, but remember when we reviewed uh, the new Mortal Kombat movie? Yeah. And there was that whole tacked on storyline with that lead character dude. That didn't that even not exist. Any, yeah. It's, it's that exactly. It's like, no That's one a great wants to point. see that. Yeah, good. We point. want to see the fucking guys in the bear from the game. And, and of course, the the, uh, the producers are Blumhouse, so they're gonna they're high five and like we we did it. You know, like Ed and Jared on the What's Real podcast have no clue what they're talking about because you're right that it broke all these records. It made like 130 million, and that's coinciding with the fact that it came out on Peacock as well as the theatrical release. So, uh, yeah, at the same you time, know, they look at it like you know, I guess. Maybe they they got that mass media appeal where it appealed to a generation that's you know missing us, like the younger generation that that enjoyed it. But I could say even for my kids watching it, we're we're pretty bored at part because again, I I felt like you have a property that could be so you, you nailed it, dude. A very tense, very creepy kind of thing, and they're telling all this backstory and weird shit. Easily still could have been PG thirteen, right? Been fucking creepy and yeah. cool. But like that, I'm not one of those people that's like it's got to be rated R or it's a piece of shit. As, as no, always, no. hey, you know, Nicholas Cage did it better because <laughs> there's that uh, what is it? Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> Willy's Wonderland. And yes, that's def- that was definitely better than this. You know, similar concept Dude, for those that aren't aware. And another thing that's kind of similar to it too, if you remember, and it's not really good, but they did it better is the the Banana Splits movie. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, that was good. Same one. kind of idea. Yeah, like, good that point. Was fun. I didn't even think of that. Good point. Like. Why'd you guys fuck this up? It's kind of sad, but it is what it is. So I'll uh, knock this. I have two more. And of course, uh, during the Halloween season, I usually end up watching this one at some point. And I watched the classic uh, William Friedkin, The Exorcist from 1972. It's flawless. It plays flawless every time. It's one Never. of those movies that I could just like immerse myself in it because it's that there's world, so much yeah. going on. It's 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 an amazing movie. That's awesome. Even, should never go on that. Never go wrong there. Timeless. Yeah, you're right. It's it. Where everything about it still works to this day. It's not like. And dude, I marvel at that movie because the makeup. Yeah. Like and and not Reagan either. Like Max von Sydow. Like he's 33 in that fucking movie, yeah. man. And he looks exactly how he did before he died in, yeah, real, in life. real life. Like. It's it's a masterful fucking exhibition by Dick Smith. It's one of the best possible, you know, movie makeup jobs ever by far. So kudos to them. That movie rules. Yeah. And that, that brings up uh, just while we're there. Uh, William Friedkin. I heard this story. As always, you got to disclaimer it with, you know, I read it on on X and 
who knows the validity and everything else. But knowing as a fan, William Friedkin, like I do, uh, he did you hear his quote about uh, Exorcist Believer and David Gordon Green? Yes, and he did say <laughs> so, that. That's yeah, absolutely so, true. So, you know, for those under, unaware, William Friedkin, uh, we lost him earlier this year and everything. And he was a director of The Exorcist. And he was already always known as as just being a straight shooter and what some people might conceive as being an asshole and things like that. But he, he definitely didn't never held, hold him, held himself back. And uh, he, before he passed away, uh, of course, he was very critical of any Exorcist sequel being made. And of course, there was a bunch of them. I, I think there was five of them in the past already. And throughout the years, he obviously publicly voiced his disapproval, even quoted as saying, I view them as shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he, he mentioned that Exorcist Believer, uh, again, for those that don't know, it's uh, Blumhouse production. Uh, Blumhouse is the company that brought back uh, the Halloween trilogy with Jamie Lee Curtis and was all directed by David Gordon Green, who did Exorcist Believer. And they never communicated and everything. And he basically said before his passing that at least he'll die before this movie comes out and that he plans on coming back to haunt David Gordon Green, as I, I paraphrase. But just just have to shout out a William Friedkin story while we're there. Hey, yeah, he's one of the greatest of all time. No doubt about it. Uh, here, here, I got the quote just while we're at it. Uh, this this is according to writer and film critic Ed Whitfield, uh, who had mentioned William Friedkin once said this to him. So he said, one, William Friedkin once said to me, quote, Ed, the guy who made these new Halloween movies is about to make one to my movie, The Exorcist. That's right. My signature film is about to be extended by the man who made Pineapple Express. I don't want to be around when that happens. But if there's a spirit world and I come back, I plan to possess David Gordon Green and make his life a living hell. Yep, that's William Freakin, everybody. Uh, a true one of one. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so my last one, hey, Ed, I'm down to one final watch of the year. And again, it's a fresh one. Uh, it was one of those ones that, as, as is the the way things go nowadays, we were talking about Five Nights at Freddy's, You know, one of those double releases being in theaters and on streaming. And this was the same similar thing. And that was The Nun 2 that just had a theatrical run and happened to pop up on HBO Max. Uh, so I gave that one a spin uh, just last night, Katie, and I watched it. Any good? Because I've heard a lot it's, of bad things it's about It's not the Nun good, two. but it's, you know, okay. it, like it's cre- like I like the creepiness of, of that franchise. You know, it's all in the same umbrella as it, the Insidious and, and uh, Conjuring universes and stuff. So yep. I kind of like the creepiness and atmosphere of those films. But yeah, as far as a standalone movie. Uh, it wasn't very good. Okay. And the last watch for me on Halloween uh, was actually a new watch for me. It was the fourth in the series. This was Hell House LLC Origins, The Carmichael Manor. Uh, might be the best one. I was really taken back by this one. It's super fucking creepy. The acting in it is fucking fantastic for the most part. Um I really was surprised at this because like, you know, the fourth one, it's kind of like, are they just making these to make them at this point? But like every one of these movies has been kind of vital to the story that they move along with. And I I was just really impressed with it. I think it's really, really good. Uh, I can't wait to watch it again. Um, But yeah, man, there's some absolute creepy fucking shit in this one. And that's me telling you. I was going to say that right there is what sold me on it. Yeah. Like it's there is some shit like I put it this way. It's like if you get through the first one and you like it, 
you're gonna start going through the series oh, and sure. like the lore gets extended. Like I didn't feel in any of them. Like when they extend the lore, that I'm like, oh, this is bullshit. They don't, they're out of shit. Yeah, they're pulling. Yeah, exactly. They're pulling. Like, like no, they're they're nailing it. So like, I, and uh, it it's the type of property too that's kind of cool because like really, if they wanted to, they can kind of make them forever. Um, which is neat. Like you'll see what I mean when you watch them, and that's not a spoiler either. Like they do wrap. No, I got up you. Yeah, there's certain the things like that that they're. It's just. It, it just the way the story is and what it it basically entails. They can kind of make these forever. They can make different ones. They can, you know, kind of like what they were doing for a while with like Paranormal Activity when they kind of like branched completely away from like any of the previous stories, and then they'll like find a way to like kind of be like, oh, it's part of the same thing. You know, yeah, I mean, it's really, really the the heart and foundation of the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. When you really think yeah. about it, You're like, oh, it's it's comic books, it's parallel universes. We can do anything. But dude, it's I gotta say too, like for four movies that have come out in, I'd say like the last five six years, it's a damn good track record to make those movies in that time period, and like every one of them's at least good. That says a some lot. of them are really good. Yeah, so. The first one and the last one are amazing, and the second one's pretty good, and the third one's okay, but it has some shit in it. So it's like I'm not – I was really taken back because I thought this was going to be the one where they really dropped off, and it wasn't at all. So I was very happy about that. So kudos to them for that. Uh, so before we give our totals to Jay, why don't you give us a full rundown of everything you watched this month and then hit us with your total. All right, we we always joke with, or at least the Jay jokes without outdated reference of the Micro Machine Man. I'm going to run through it. Friday the 13th, 2, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Totally Killer, Insidious 3, Insidious 4, The Boogeyman, The Chucky TV Series Season 3, Meg 2, The Nun, The Haunted Mansion, Saw 4, There's Someone Inside Your House, Pet Cemetery Bloodlines, Insidious, The Red Door, Freddy vs. Jason, Honeymoon, Frankenstein, Friday the 13th, 3, Creepshow TV Series Season 4, The Craft, The Fun House, Follow the House of Usher Limited Series, The Thing, Demons 2, All Hallows Eve, The Possession of Maggie Grace, The Tank, Cobweb, Black Demon, Demon Knight, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Reboot 03, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Original, The Nun 2, Five Nights at Freddy's, Poltergeist, Halloween 2, Halloween 6, and Silver Bullet, with the Jays tally busting through the 31 of 31 days to a record breaking for the J personally 38. And, you know, just looking for like evened out numbers. I wish I would have watched two more just to have an even 40, but it is what it is. It's 38 watches for the J and which world's 31 days, 2023 of season four of the podcast. All right. So here we go. The J I watched <clears throat> The Gate, Spirit Halloween the Movie, Friday the 13th, Misery, Friday the 13th Part 2, Dead End, Maniac, Child's Play 3, Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Maximum Overdrive, VHS 85, Rob Zombie's Halloween, Martyrs, Plan 9 from Outer Space, Tales from the Hood, Final Exam, Christine, The Majorettes, The Thing, Halloween, Halloween H2O, Halloween 4, 5, 6, Halloween Resurrection, Vengeance, the Friday 13th fan film, Friday 13th Part 5, Barbarian, Never Hike Alone 2, House of Wax, Candyman, Creepshow, Demons 2, All Hallows' Eve, Halloween 78 for the second time, Critters, Carnival of Souls, Halloween 2, Halloween 3, Freddy vs. Jason, Land of the Dead, The Thing Again, 
Hell House LLC, the director's cut, Hell House LLC 2, 3, and 4, which is Origins, the Carmichael Manor, House on Haunted Hill, The Exorcist, Halloween 6 again, Halloween 3 again, Five Nights at Freddy's, Halloween 5 again, Halloween for a third time, and Night of the Living Dead 1968, bringing me up to a grand total and a brand new record for me, 55 during the month Damn. of October. So Good job. Hey, uh, yeah. did did pretty well this year. Pretty happy about that. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and I'm sure that any day now, it's going to kind of become a bummer to me as we are out of the season. But that's okay because there's plenty of other stuff that I would like to watch. And the horror movies do not end in the world of the What's Real podcast. That is a year-round thing for the J. Absolutely. That's for sure. It's just the breakneck pace is something that kind of slows. Uh, but, you know, it was a lot of fun this year, man. Uh Anything that you found for the first time that you really, really enjoyed that might end up being on your Halloween watch list uh, moving forward? Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. We, we typically have some questions to, to wrap things up so you can kind of wing that because it's not like it's some extensive thing. Um, so, you know, good call there. Hey, yeah. But I, I, I actually thought Totally Killer. Uh, that was a fresh watch this year. That was, of course, once again, uh, under the Blumhouse umbrella, which I didn't even realize when I first watched it because it came straight to Amazon. Uh, which is where I watched it, but uh, that was a, a fun movie. Did Did you get a chance to watch that? That wasn't on no, your list. I didn't. Not, yeah, you didn't. No, I I tried, but I didn't get to it. Yet. Okay, yeah, it's something we're checking out. So so that stands out. Uh, one that really blew me away, and I was talking to you about this uh, a few times throughout the month, and it, it was one I I, I kind of went, went against, which was cool because we have two individuals on the show to kind of do different things. I kind of went against what you were doing because you mentioned when I had mentioned this, that I have a few series on my list and you were staying away from that to get more movies in, which, you know, I yeah. can see your strategy yep. there, but, but I, however, dipped into some series as, as I mentioned in my list, but the standout and the point to this rant is Netflix's Michael Flanagan is the showrunner and creator fall of the house of Usher really blew my wife and I away. I, I just want to mention that again, man. I, I really uh, put that as, a suggestion for you as well as you threw the Hell House series to me. I would throw that uh, as my counter to you is Netflix's okay. Fall of the House of Usher. Really enjoyed it. It's a reimagining of a short story by Edgar Allan Poe, and they put a big-time modern twist on it that really helped. Immaculate writing, amazing acting. I mean, dude, there was stuff at the end that I'm like, this is like Oscar-worthy acting monologues and i'm not even joking that's that's how good it was so uh, i went there hey ed since, since that's what really stood out uh but there there were some really fun watches this year but those two as far as fresh watches are, are what stick out so as we do i would sit, throw the same question out to you was there anything uh that piqued your interest this year that kind of stood out yeah by far it was hell house hell LLC origins yeah. yeah i was surprised uh, that, that uh, you know how dude the four, you explained the, those the, to me. man the fourth one like packs a punch to it man it's there's some shit in it it's really good um i was i was really really taken back by that so that that's what i'd go with and i'd also throw another nod out there for never hike alone too yeah I still uh, which that. was that's a good call pretty cool like they really did a good job with that like they improved on their last what's the running time on that just curious Talking uh about it. it's maybe 70 minutes maybe okay. 75 something like that it's an easy watch and it's pretty good yeah. so uh, it's the kind of thing is if you're a hardcore fan of the Friday the 13th movies and specifically the storyline of like the, the Tommy Jarvis trilogy, you got to watch it. 
That's right. the that's who they made it for. And I, dude, it's weird because I always had this idea. Like when I was a kid, I was like, why doesn't somebody pick it up from where Tommy Jarvis left off? Like that's what I always kind of wanted them do. to do, and they never did. So these guys doing it was really cool for me as a longtime fan of the series. Um, but I do have another question for you here, the Jay. Uh, what's the one thing that you didn't watch? Maybe something that you typically watch every year or something like that, but something you didn't get to that you're like, fuck, I can't believe I didn't get to that. That's an easy one because it's two years in a row now. And you and I talked about it. I did not in encountering your three time watch. I did not watch for a second year in a row during the 31 days, the original Halloween. Oh, okay. I got and, you. And, Cause that's last true. night, that's all I was eyeing up. But like I was kind of mentioning that in the opening shoot the shit segment, just with the way my night turned out and I was super tired. And then Katie got back and she was tired and she wanted to watch, you know, something that she never saw before that sort of thing. She just didn't want to rewatch Halloween. So it just turned out like that. But yeah, that, that that's the go to because that was a tradition for me that I kind of broke. But it's not like I'm going to commit suicide over it, you know, but no, but yeah, that's that's it. definitely a go to, you know. Um, but yeah, I would go through again the same thing. What, what, what did you miss out on this year that, that sticks out? Another one that's been a yearly tradition for me that I didn't get to at all this year. And it's it, I caught it on AMC one day, but I was like leaving the house, so I didn't watch it. Uh, and that's trick or treat. Oh, I did not watch there. that. Yeah, I had watched yeah. that. I got it on 4K over the summer, so I think that that didn't even pop in my head. Trick or treat yeah. this year, I, I, that was that, on my that, list last year for sure. Yeah, I, I usually always watch it. Yeah, at some that's point a good call. It's, a, it's, it's such a, really a Halloween good, movie. Yep, and I, there's a very, very strong chance that I will not watch it at all until next Halloween because it's yeah. just not. It, I don't want to watch it in the summer. Yeah, you don't want to overwatch like it at this point. No, and even if I did get a cop, like say I did buy the 4K or something, I'd be like to sit on it. Yep, and this is going in my 31 days for yeah, next year. Thing. I'm, I'm so, but, do I, that. but I was really not foreseeing that. I thought for sure I would watch it, and I just didn't. Yeah, yeah. there's, I mean, like none of the Evil Deads I got. To, I was close to watching Evil Dead 2 last night. Didn't get to that franchise. Uh, you know, that you reminds you me. You watched The Exorcist. I didn't get to any of those or anything. There's a lot. Did you, did you see who's doing Steel City Con in December? Bruce Campbell. Sam Raimi. Ooh. It's going to cost yeah. $50 to take a pick. A hundred. <laughs> and a hundred for an autograph. Wow. So two Honda for Rames. And I'm really trying not to. Yeah. And I, I really want to because that's like, you know, like, dude, you know me. Meeting the actors and shit are cool. I like all that stuff, whatever. But it's, yeah, it, creators, I don't need to do it. Especially But Ramey. the fucking, the directors, those yeah. are the fucking ones I almost can't say no to. Fucking suck. Yeah, it's a tough one, man. And it's stupid because it's like, I I definitely want to get something signed by him. But like, I also want a picture with him, but I'm not paying for both. There's no way. I probably, I'm not going to do it, but I really fucking want to. It sucks. Yeah, so I was going to say, if I miss Tyson, you know, Mike Tyson was at the one that we missed because that was super yeah. stupid expensive. Yep. Same kind of thing. But dude, very weird. Didn't watch any of the Evil Deads this year myself. And I generally get those in around this time of year. Um Another one, I caught it on yesterday, but I, I didn't watch all of it because uh, I wanted to watch another movie. But Black Sabbath was on TCM yeah. yesterday. That's one I try and watch every Halloween. Didn't get to that one. So, you know, it happens. You can't watch everything. But uh, what another thing I wanted to ask you, too, before we head out to another commercial break here, 
what was the most disappointing thing you watched? And it could be maybe a first time watch or, you know, uh, maybe something you've seen a bunch of times, but this time you watched it and you're like, ugh, like uh, what the fuck? Disappointing wise, I'll, I'll just go with Pet Cemetery Bloodlines because okay. you would th- it's it's kind of a double edged sword because there's two lines lines of thinking with something like that. It's like number one, you're thinking, you know, eye rolling, just another reboot. It only got greenlit be- because it has you know built in audience and all that. That's why they do these things, and obviously and stuff. But then again, you kind of hope for the best. And I'm I'm a big fan of David Duchovny, who's in okay. that. You know, so yep. you, you just hope for the best. And I think I mentioned to you when I had it on my list, and you had asked me about it. And I said it was an, it was one of those ones that started off pretty good and was getting good and then just falls off. You know, just kind of gets jumbled and, and just stupid. And so that was a disappointment. Um, okay. Again, volleying back to you, hey Ed, what was a disappointment to you if you had one? Uh, probably Spirit Halloween the movie. I didn't expect it to be any good, and it really wasn't. Um, and of course, Five Nights at Freddy's I thought was just uh, that, that's a good call. I thought that was gonna like, be better. It could have been so much cooler yeah. and so much better. It was just very lazy, man. And it, it, you know, it, it like, dude, Spirit Halloween, the movie stunk and I expected it to stink. There's really no reason why Five Nights at Freddy's should have been a bad movie. They could have gotten something solid out of that by barely trying and they didn't try at all. And they look what they got. So it is what it is. It sucks. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it, man. Are you happy with uh, what you got to watch this year? Like you, your numbers and everything. You think you did a pretty good job? Yeah, man. It's it's it was a good time. It always is. Like you said, it's a year round thing. But you up the ante in October, and it's it's a good you know just while you're putting the time and effort into it. I I, I like the fact that I was able to watch more this year. You know, being just as busy as ever, uh, but still getting in those watches because I really focused on like you know again we talked about that through our our podcast episodes through the 31 days where I mentioned even being busy when there was a chance or an opportunity to watch something that was non-horror. You know, even my wife, I I told that story about that one Jamie Foxx movie. Even she was like, oh, but shouldn't we be watching horror, you know? And so that that definitely, yes, yeah, that definitely (laughs) helped this year just to keep focused on it. But, you know, definitely a good time. I always look forward to the 31 days and then catching up with you on the podcast. It's, it's, It's good shit. Did you get burnt out at all? No, we were talking about this year. Like, you know how I know I wasn't burnt out because when we were wrapping up and I was prepping for this episode, I was okay. kind of disappointed in a weird way. Like, like we're saying, not that you can't watch horror movies and we do all year round, but there's just something about it. It's like the official tally's over, us definitively talking about the watching and the experience yeah. is over, you know, and, and like you, you were asking about what I missed and there's a laundry list, of course, of stuff I missed. And as, as I, I also mentioned on this 31 days discussions throughout the month, I didn't, I don't have immediate access right now because of what's going on at my house to my physical media. So, you know, that's going to be fun next year. Uh, you know, I might have to hold off on like, oh, yeah. even busting out Just any of my personal maybe, horror movie collection dude, until next year. Maybe do, next year. The yeah. Re- reverse all shit out of my collection. Yes. Like nothing but shit out of my collection. I think because I've always That'd said probably fun. the largest specific genre of my multiple thousand movie physical media collection is horror. You know, so there's, no, there's plenty. Yeah, there's plenty there. Yeah. So, yeah, that might be a good call to to reverse it next year. Um, you know, hopefully, God willing, we're doing it. So. But nonetheless, yep. the 31 days on the What's Real podcast 2023 season four was a resounding success in the Jay's opinion. I had a lot of fun. 
No, I completely agree with you, man. It's been a, a really fun October. Kind of a bummer that it's over now, but you know how that goes. We go into our waves and do other things here on the show. So, And, uh, and of course, we'll be talking about that as the weeks go on, about what we're planning on doing and, and stuff like that. So uh, stay tuned for that and much more. We are up against our very last commercial break. Uh, whenever we come back, we're going to be wrapping up the show. We're going to be talking some goofs. So stay tuned. We'll be back right after this right here on the What's Real Podcast. This is it from the What's Real Podcast for Height Apparel, your one-stop shop for fashion retail. For one-of-a-kind shopping experience, stop by Height Apparel. Founded by Eric Walker, our business brand is based around people who are of average height, 5'10 and under. We will have the season's greatest fashion picks. Whether you're on the lookout for men's clothing or accessories, stop by and browse our latest collection. That's Height Apparel, H-Y-G-H-T, apparel.com. Again, that's HeightApparel.com. Hey, everybody, this is Herman James for the What's Real Podcast, and I'm here to just let you know to welcome you to Goofs Are Goofs. And we're back, and it's that time once again, the Jay. So what do we got this week on the goof front? Uh, still beautiful. Hey, yeah, and we may have mentioned the little brief dust of snow here in Pittsburgh this morning, but... Nothing nothing like that right now with the lagoon. It's looking pretty. We still have the animals, the beluga whale, Ripley, our anteater, the crazy tortoise with the big head that I'm trying to be a ninja turtle. We got it going on. When are they coming to get all these fuckers for the winter, man? Yeah, I mean, wherever this, the birds start flying south is is typically, you know, when Nux starts gathering everything and, you know, brings in the cleaning he goes on. He goes on his vacation, too, which, frankly, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, so, between us. Been a, ugh. Anyway, but yeah, yeah it's can, a mess. We could whisper on a podcast, but you know, he's probably one of our only weekly listeners. So Fuck, shout I out to you, think about that. We love you. you. Yeah, you're not a piece of shit. <laughs> wink, wink. For, I didn't say that. All right. We're here at the lagoon, which also means there it is on yonder. Hey, yeah, through all the dra- jack-o'-lanterns that are getting cleaned up and everything else, the waterfall of goose ever flowing. Welcome to GRG Gerg. As hey Ed calls Gerd. it, one eighty-two. <laughs> First up is Amaroth. Do you, do you know this uh, brewing company? Because it sounds somewhat familiar. Here, I'll send this to you to see if you're, you're familiar. Um, but they are a brewing company. I'm not sure where they're out of, but they're collabing with. Or no, Amaroth is collabing with a beer company. So that's oh, a, that's never mind. I heard about yeah. This. That's they're where they're the brewing a, a new flavor using vaginal yeast. And that's how much of an idiot I am and behind the times, hey, Ed, because Amaranth isn't a beer company. It's a, a chick. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> she She's known for her hot tub streams and unique products. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, she, I, I she's guess She's an OnlyFans so. model. Her name is Amaranth, A-M-O-U-R-A-N-T-H. Oh. Uh, but she, yeah, she's collabing with a beer company to brew a new flavor using her vaginal yeast. So would you try that, hey, is my question. I would not. But Yoni, who's the group that's making it, uh, their process includes isolating lactic acid bacteria and ensuring its safety, leading to the production of unique sour ales and stouts using the yeast. Uh, Amaranth believes her yeast beer will be a hit, though she's amused by whether fans will actually drink it. Get Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you have that uh, penis head cauliflower to add to the yeast here in Iron it, City land. 
It's like I'm coming out with a dickhead wine yeah. very soon that's made from uh, foreskin uh, shavings. Yeah, talk about purple-headed warriors with the uh, <laughs> with the vino. <laughs> but yeah, I just uh, sent you this one. As the quote is, I'm looking for the stupid guy who painted this dog like a tiger. I ran 200 and kilometers to save my life. I only stopped when he barked. Only then I could tell it was a dog. And uh, for those with the visual, it's a dog that has uh, orange skin with painted tiger stripes. And it definitely look, looks like a tiger. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's why he's on this segment. Fucking goof. <laughs> We're going to have to steal that and get Cam with it. He runs like two miles thinking he's getting chased by a tiger. <laughs> it meanwhile, it's like you in a weird costume. <laughs> yeah. How about this one? A weird sound in a woman's ear turns out to be a live spider shedding its exoskeleton. Did that ever happen Great. to you, Hey Eel? Once. And you just go to the uh, the doctor. No, you're straight. You just got to wait it out. Oh, what a tangled web we weave. Hey, yeah, but yeah, weird sound in a woman's ear was, oh, it was just a live spider shedding its ex- exoskeleton. Yeah. Yeah, I, no biggie. You're all good. I don't know if yeah, you saw, uh, this is our viral video, one of our viral videos of the week. Just sent it to you live on the air as we do on GRG, GERG182. As, you know, the kids nowadays call homecoming Hoko. Hey, Eel, I don't know if you're aware. Yeah. But unfortunately, this one is uh, titled oh. bro, bro might not make it to homecoming uh, for the visual. How he's, does he's, dude? How does he just walk away from he, this? He dresses as Spider-Man and <laughs> wants to uh, ask this girl to homecoming. <laughs> and it looks like it's the uh, cafeteria of the school. He jumps off the roof onto nothing but concrete, literally breaks his ass. He Like his his legs hit. And then his spine hits and he still gets up and walks over to the girl to propose too bad. She turns him down as he, as he angrily rips off his fucking mask. And then she's like, Nope. Like she's, dude, that's, she says no. And they shut off the cameras and he collapses. Yeah. And then they, dude, I'm surprised he didn't drop kicker at that point. Like Jesus Christ, dude, I just fell off a building. And you and I, because it goes with this one, that's why I put these two together. It's our Spider-Man video showcase. But this is where Spider-Man accidentally waterboards himself. This was a big <laughs> viral video where a dude was dressed in a full-body Spider-Man costume and jumped in the pool to surprise some kids and started drowning in the costume because he waterboarded himself. And the best part about it is the kids start splashing them, making it even worse because they don't know. <laughs> Uh, there's nothing better than a violent misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah. like, like, hey, that guy's drowning. Like, no, he's not. Splash him. Yeah. <laughs> like, Speaking of violent misunderstandings, hey, Ed, our next viral video is titled Bro Gets Knocked Out from a Leg Drop, where two idiots try to do a wrestling stunt like we did back in the day, and it goes horribly wrong as the, oh. se- yeah, the second kid jumping lands on the other kid's head. So, hey. And, and you know my theory about wrestling, somebody's horribly wrong is my horribly right. Exactly. Because you, you, you <laughs> could see the amazing. reaction. The uh, the kid that landed on him's hurt, but the, the kid that got, got landed on is lifeless. So as we say, Dude, our, our thoughts and prayers are with his mom and his, his stepfather. 
I love how when the dude goes to do the elbow drop, there's a second that looks like he's just levitating yeah. in air. I'm like, what the fuck he is this dude air. doing? And I don't know why. I've always had this thing where, like, you know when somebody, like, double pats their elbow when they do an elbow? Yeah. I hate that. I don't know why. Because they never did I that in pro wrestling. It. They think it's, like, a pro wrestling thing. It's like wrestlers don't. Yeah, it's like no one pats their elbow and doesn't el- just yeah. do the fucking elbow drop. You don't need to, like, let us know what you're doing if you're going to do it. It shows you're an amateur, man. It's not re- wrestling psychology. Oh, fucking people. Yeah, I sent this one to you. This was hilarious. It's an ad we, we ran because we were sponsored by them. It's quote unquote worst ad ever. And basically it's about kids that are getting. Uh, hey, kids, would you like to try some drugs for the first time? Want to check out some candy in my van? <laughs> but basically it's a PSA to kids to avoid, you know, creepy fucks. Hey, kids, want to join our gang and spray paint under our bridge? And it's some old ass dude. No, I'm going roller skating. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to be addicted to roller skating, not crack. <laughs> yeah. That's something our buddy is, Runk used to say when we were kids. Dude, this is like two things here. This is either A, a joke, or B, a video made by religious people. Yeah. <laughs> Pri- prison is for people that has never roller skated. And then Brad Armstrong, not the wrestler, the owner of Roller <laughs> Kingdom, comes in. Keeping like, your kids right, off guys. the streets since 1999. It's like my whole idea for a commercial is just threatening you and your kids with nefarious people. Like, like for some reason, these people couldn't make it into his roller rink. Yeah. Like, the local street gang. Oh, we ain't going in the roller. Like, no, they'll literally go in the roller rink and beat up everybody if this is a real thing. The roller rink does not keep out riffraff, guys. Yeah. And as, fuck? as this says, I say no to drugs. I say no to gangs. I say no to unplanned pregnancy. I say no to meth. I say no for Reaper. And I say yes to roller skating. So that's the theme. Who? The th- here's a newsflash. Nobody says yes to unplanned pregnancy. Nobody. Yeah, that's literally what it is. Is It's not. Planned. Yes. It's, oh, shit, you're pregnant. This is not fun. Did you see this one? It's a, uh, I think it's from China. They're trying to uh, imitate human voices with robots. But, dude, you got to put it on. Uh, This is at Insane Realities. Nope, we're done. Nope, that's, (laughs) nope. Mm -mm. The funniest part is the contraption looks like a penis head in a vagina. it's, It's a fucking fleshlight basically that's like like imitating a human voice what are we doing guys this is what we're doing you know there's diseases that need cured but I'm glad you've done this yeah this one uh, this is definitely a GRG MVP as we call him here on a thousand ways to die this idiot thinks he's going to be funny at an axe throwing thing and throws an axe at one of those exercise balls and it almost comes back right in his face do you see this? What a fucking idiot. He's just literally. Lucky. And you see the back of his shirt. It says the boss. It's like, yeah, it, it fits so good. His shirt says the boss because he almost got himself an ax in the face for a viral video. It looks like it's CGI. And it's not like you can see his reaction. He's like, oh, that was a close one. 
Like, here's an idea, guys. Maybe don't have the exercise ball sitting there for people to do that with. Because why would that be there? Yeah, what a... It's an axe-throwing place. What a head of a dick, as as we described here on the... Almost a headless dick. Yeah. Next up, to wrap everything up, is our personal friend of the show, Little Nas X. As we wrap up Halloween, did you catch his Halloween costume? Hey, yo. Uh, just no. sent it to you. He, nope. he walks out of a fake vagina. Nope. <laughs> no, he does not. As a max. This bag. none of this. Nope. None of this happened. This is not a thing. I never seen it. It doesn't exist, the Jay. I had a bloody good time getting you hate with that no, tri- nope. trick. <laughs> trick or treating. No, this is this is not something we're gonna discuss. It's he's not a friend of the show. I have no idea where you just made all this up. Actually, it's not a real thing. Trick or treat. And as I say to my brother from another mother, <laughs> between Amaruth and her vaginal yeast brew, dogs looking like tigers, women's ears turning out to be live spiders shedding its exoskeletons, <laughs> bros with home co's fucking almost killing themselves, Spider-Man waterboarding themselves. It goes on and on. Hey, Ed, and always goofs are gifts so that's about it for us this week guys we're getting fucking delirious so here we are uh, shout out shout out to our producer cam for all the fucking hard work he puts in the show because as we know here on the program nobody beats the whiz also the j clang clang champions of this podcast and universe shit never gonna fucking lose we're the greatest of all time uh, also, if you're listening on iTunes, give us a five-star review, because if you don't, we will come to your house and beat up your children. Uh, also, uh, you can listen to us on all of your favorite uh, podcasting platforms, such as Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, uh, ChurchillPictures.com, and of course, each and every week on Pornhub. Uh, you can probably follow us on X, but we're not going to tell you what it is. Uh, our email address is whatsrealpod at gmail.com. Again, that is whatsrealpod at gmail.com, but don't use it. Bang. You. Um, and uh, before we get out of here, I hear the J's stomach farting. So the J, fart away. Farting away, revving it up. Hey, uh, and I'm, I'm definitely down to accept your challenge of challenging Amaranth and her vaginal yeast beer. So the J's going to come up with a purple-headed warrior vino. And you'll be seeing that in 2024. We'll keep you abreast, which I said on purpose, pun intended. There. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's to you, Amaranth, our new rival. But as as Hate Y'all described, we are delirious, but it makes sense for closing out the 31 days. <laughs> Say bye to the, the Jerwolf for this year. See you, Jerwolf. Peace the fuck out, Jerwolf. And now, now we got the turkeys. <laughs> So I hate the fucking turkey. We it sounds like a duck. We got all kinds of shit going on here, but do my do my usual shout outs. Love the show to our awesome producer Cam, the wizard behind the boards himself. We appreciate you, Cam. Thank you for that consistent, constant weekly 16K sound. Hey Ed, you are my great escape brother. Appreciate it. It's a blast. Had a good time here in the 31 days. And now we go head first in the turkey season. Let's do it. Love the show. Everything else. If you're hearing my voice right now, love you too. You'll hear the J next week. So that's it for us this week here on episode 182. Don't forget to join us next week for episode 183 and beyond. So stay safe, stay healthy, and don't drink any pussy juice, beer, yeast, shit. Uh, And we'll see you next week right here on the What's Real Podcast. What's Real Podcast.